Let's go. Welcome everybody to an episode of Let's Talk Growth. I'm super, super excited today to have with us our special guest, Julia Glowinski. Um, Julia is a certified sleep therapist as well as a CBT insomnia um, clinician. Um, Julia is going to be talking to us today just to kind of help us understand more about sleep and, you know, for anybody who's experiencing any issues with, you know, fatigue, um, not waking up in the middle of the night, you know, having weird and vivid dreams, nightmares, or just kind of experiencing the pandemic and not being able to um, really kind of have a plan or, you know, um, enjoy positive sleep. We have a lot of information coming today. Sleep matters every single night. So today we're super excited to have with us Julia, who's going to be telling us a bit about herself. So just to start off, I'm going to read Julia's bio for you guys. Julia, um, Julia is very passionate about helping individuals and families um, who are experiencing sleep challenges. Her focus is on building strong foundations for sleep, not just to promote optimal sleep, but also to kind of encourage long-lasting sleep improvement. Um, so without further ado, once again, we're here with Julia Glowinski. So Julia, please tell us a bit about yourself. Hi, thanks for having me. So yeah, I am a registered social worker here in Ontario, and I work with all ages from infants and toddlers having sleep issues all the way up to adults. And I do lots of work with different corporations and families trying to really get that optimal sleep. I um, am very passionate about sleep and all of the things that our sleep really affects, which is our mental health, physical health, our well-being in general, productivity during the day. So I really like to take a holistic look or a, a wide lens approach to working with sleep. You know what I love what you just said about how sleep affects mental health. For me, ding, 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 because, you know, I'm so big on mental health and I think it's so important for us to recognize that, you know, sometimes just the little things, you know, and we, we look at sleep as something that we take even for granted sometimes, you know, we have mm -hmm. all these things that we kind of do to avoid sleep, um, but really without understanding that sleep is one of our foundation to kind of, you know, having positive health, positive mental health, and actually enjoying our full strength. Um, so please, just to kind of continue on, how did you develop an interest with sleep? Because it's such an interesting topic. And so I know um, this is part of the reason why we invited you onto the show today. So how did you develop this interest? Yeah, so I worked for about eight years on a psychiatric crisis unit for um, youth, for youth up to the age of 16. And it was in a mental health agency, and um, we saw all different types of complex behavioral and mental health um, issues when working on this unit. And there was such a link between mental health and sleep and it really became quite apparent we have a sleep lab in the basement and they would the kids on the unit could have sleep studies um, and it was really something that i had a lot of interest in and then when i had my second child i was very sleep deprived and then i could see firsthand the impact that the sleep deprivation not just being tired but real sleep deprivation was having on my mental health and my physical health and it took such a toll on me and I really wanted to work with um, individuals and families who are experiencing the same thing because for, for me, it was a moment in time. It was a, it was a baby who couldn't sleep. But for a lot of people, this is an ongoing chronic issue. And they have, this is uh, something that they try to tackle in various ways and just can't get what they need. So I really wanted to be able to work with people to try and improve their overall health and decrease their anxiety by working with them on their sleep. You know what, I love what you just said. You know, a lot of times we're passionate about things, but 
when we start actually dealing with it ourselves, it kind of fuels us a bit differently, right? Because you come actually directly connected to um, the issues, you know, because you've kind of experienced it yourself. So as you create solutions for yourself, you start to see, okay, how can I help other people kind of experience the same things that um, I've kind of, you know, um, gone through, but in a positive way. So as you talk about sleep and, you know, um, what is sleep? Let's go back to the basics just for anybody who's watching that wants to really know some of the technical things about sleep. What is sleep? So sleep is a shift in our consciousness, right? So we go through stages in our sleep where all of our functioning, our breathing, our heart rate, um, our blood pressure, everything decreases and comes to an all-time low. And in that sense, all of the blood is rushing from our brain to our muscles to replenish our muscular energy and kind of repair. That's when our immune system is in full force. And then... Um, at the end of a sleep cycle, REM sleep, rapid eye movement, that is when all of those functionings are now coming up to a high. Our large muscles are paralyzed, our large muscle groups. But what's happening is that our breathing, our heart rate, all of that increases so that it's at the same level as when we're actually awake. And that's when we're dreaming. And um, so we go through several of these cycles overnight. Okay. Um, and we're in a, a process of really repairing. We're doing emotion processing, memory processing, and really taking care of our minds and bodies. You know, I'm a very active sleeper, and I, I'm also a very light sleeper. So just kind of hearing you define this, I could, I'm kind of processing, okay, what kind of sleeper I am. So when they speak about sleep hygiene, what does that mean? So sleep hygiene is a set of practices that... Um, one would try and obtain or achieve to improve our sleep. So that is looking at the environment, sleeping in a nice, cool, dark room. Um, we're looking at what we're eating before bed, what we're doing before bed, when our screen, what we're, if our screens are on before bed. So it's a set of practices to increase our sleep, our sleep hygiene. Okay, all right. So why is sleep important? Well, sleep, I mean, affects every aspect of our life. When we are not getting sleep, it, the first thing to go is our mood, our mood and our mental health. So we're going to notice that our mood is down and that affects um, everything that we're doing. It affects our relationship and our connection to others. It also has a huge impact on our mental health. When we have poor sleep, we have more likelihood of being anxious, having depressed moods and thoughts. And it's even relevant in terms of like the link between suicidality and, um, and sleep deprivation is just, it's huge and it's a scary thing. It also affects our physical health. When we aren't getting enough sleep, we're more likely to have a heart attack, have a diabetes diagnosis, cancer diagnosis, stroke. It's really affecting every aspect, even for athletes, our reaction time is poor, um, we, we don't um, develop muscle as much. We don't um, heal when we have an injury as well. So it really affects everything in our life. You know what? I love what you just said. And even for the athletes that are watching, it's important for everybody uh, because, you know, you just become, you don't feel like yourself almost, right? You don't, you don't operate at the same level that you expect. When you're tired, pretty much, you're not allowing your mind and your body to kind of get some of that rest so you could do some of the healing and, um, and going back up. So my question is, when a person is having trouble sleeping, especially during this pandemic, 
Um, and I, this is something I get a lot, you know, a lot of inquiries in regards to, you know, how to like, you know, why am I experiencing difficulty sleeping right now? So how mm -hmm. has the pandemic, you know, kind of affected sleep during this time? I think it's done so in a few ways. The first would be anxiety. We are faced with so much uncertainty and so much change right now. We, in general, have a lack of structure, a lack of routine for the most part, and all of those changes affect our sleep. Sleep, we really thrive on predictability and consistency. So when we have a set wake-up time, a set bedtime, a set practice during the day, set rituals before bed, that helps us to get in the process of sleeping because we're, we have certain things we do during the day and then there's a very distinct, or there should be hopefully, a distinct bedtime and distinct rituals that lead up to that. If we are not having that set structure, that set routine throughout the day and at bedtime, um, our sleep is all over the place. And then the other thing, if our anxiety is increased, we end up getting into bed and sometimes that's the first time during the day that we actually are able to sit with our thoughts. Mm -hmm. So we get into bed and our mind starts racing and all of the what ifs start happening and we yeah. process things that happen during the day that may have made us anxious. We're watching the news before bed. That's very anxiety provoking, especially now. All of those things compounded have, um, I think, really affected people when it comes to their sleep health. You know what? So, I mean, I heard you say a lot of anxiety, anxiety. Are there any other reasons why a person may have difficulty sleeping? Sure. Um, anything from a sleep disorder, of course, a breathing issue, sleep apnea, um, insomnia in general, which can also be from anxiety, um, a shift in a circadian rhythm. So if there's a problem with melatonin production, so we're kind of living in Toronto time, um, we're living in Toronto, but we're on Vancouver time. So our schedule is totally shifted. Um, depression, a lot of like mental health issues can cause sleep issues and then sleep issues cause mental health issues. Mm -hmm. And then other things like ADHD and autism um, come a lot with sleep issues as well and various health issues. Okay, so we've talked about, okay, sleep issues going on. So let's talk about, I guess, some of the remedies or how a person could start kind of, you know, looking for solutions. So. Let's just start because I know myself personally, I don't, I'm not really big on pills or anything. So what are some of the natural remedies one can kind of look at? Um, the first thing I would say is to have a set routine before bed. Trying to go to bed at the same time is helpful, but having a set, your set rituals, things that you do in the exact same order and the exact same way before bed really helps to set up your mind and your body for rest. So maybe that is doing yoga before bed or a meditation or even just the way you wash up and have dim light before bed can be really helpful. Um, something else that's helpful right now is if you're having trouble falling asleep, you may want to um, watch your, your daylight exposure before bed because now it's lighter later especially for kids, but even for adults, it's light until in the nines. I don't know exactly what time. So we want to actually limit that if we're having trouble falling asleep because then melatonin is being produced easier and we're giving our bodies a sense that it's, it's nighttime. It's time to go to bed now. Okay, so somebody's having trouble sleeping. They've tried out some of the stuff that you just said. When do you know you're actually having a problem and that you should call for support or go see your family doctor? Like, what, what, when do you know that? 
How do you gauge So the that? first thing I would say, I mean, the most common would be if you are snoring. If you are snoring, ooh, fly, did you see that? If you're snoring, um, that could be an indicator that you're having a breathing problem in your sleep. And even if you don't have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep, your sleep quality may not be as good. And it, and it can cause a lot of other um, health issues. So that's the first thing if you're snoring. If you're really tired during the day, even though you are getting enough hours of sleep, that may be that you're not, the quality of your sleep is poor. And then on top of that, if you are having trouble falling asleep or staying asleep in the night and it's affecting your daily functioning. Okay, so let's talk about some supports for kids. I know a lot, a lot of our viewers are parents um, or you know, in the role of you know, supporting kids. So what are some supports for kids you know, struggling to sleep, especially during these times? Um, so again, a lot of it would be to anxiety. Sometimes it presents in different ways. Sometimes it presents as wanting to be with parents or wanting to sleep in parents' room or needing someone to stay with them or fear of the dark, um, things like that. When we're experiencing those types of, of anxiety and needing to be with parents, one of the things I would recommend is making their room somewhere that they feel nice and safe in. So eat, like for an adult, we don't want to spend time in our room that isn't, isn't for, isn't really sleep time. So we don't want to be doing work emails in bed. We don't want to be spending the day working from home in bed. Our bed should be for sleeping. And that's true for adults. For kids, younger kids especially, I want that place to be a place that they feel happy and loved and safe. So I would actually invite parents to spend time in their children's room with them during the day, doing lots of fun activities and fun things so that at bedtime, it's not this um, anxiety provoking where cortisol levels about rise. Going to your, about going to your this room. Panic. Yeah. So we want to actually create a happy and fun place, safe space in their room. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's, that's super great advice. Um, so I know a lot of times, you know, the debate is about how much hours should I be getting of sleep? Um, you know, what is your advice about that? So it's for adults, it's between seven and nine. For teens, it's eight to 10. And about 60 to 70% of those teens are not getting them, those hours. Um, but, um, and it's the same with adults, it's between like 35 and 50% of adults are also sleep deprived. But it would be seven to nine, seven to nine. Some people, I mean, say eight is the magic number where other research shows that seven is actually associated with the um, people who live the longest. Okay. So you mentioned, you know, part of how you develop or fueled your passion for this um, was when you became a parent and, you know, experiencing your child and, you know, just even kind of going through some of the changes for yourself. What is your advice to new parents? My advice to new parents would be probably not to panic, to know that this is just a moment in time and that there is support available. Um, there's a lot of people that can help with your sleep um, as well as therapists. So I'm, like I said, I'm a registered social worker. So I'm actually covered by benefits, which is exciting for a lot of new parents. Mm -hmm. But I would say to Reach out to someone if you are struggling. The advice of sleep when your baby's sleeping can actually put a lot of pressure on new parents. 
because not everyone does well with naps and not everyone can sleep when their baby's sleeping. They're doing other things. They're trying to organize life. So I think that it's just doing what works for you and not to worry about creating bad habits. You can definitely work on healthy habits from the beginning, but I would never worry for new parents about creating bad habits. Any, any sleep issue can be resolved or can be worked on. So I wouldn't worry about that. There's so much pressure for new parents already. And the idea of like not rocking your child to sleep, not feeding them to sleep, all of these things, I wouldn't even worry about at the beginning. Okay. I love it. So what about like, I know for young entrepreneurs, you know, even students, I hear that a lot. I'll sleep when I'm dead. So I know this is a mm -hmm. famous quote for people, you know, who are kind of caught in the hustle or wanting to really, you know, push themselves and maximize. Uh, what do you have to say about that? I'll sleep when I'm dead is a difficult saying because it, um, sleep has such an impact, like we said, on our health, that if we don't sleep, then we're more likely to be dead. We don't mm. want to just wait on it because it is something that's so important. And I think that that is something that's changing over time. I think that people used to not have such a um, focus on sleep at all. And now that people are, I think, have more of an interest in overall health and wellness, I think that sleep is becoming, um, it's, it's more apparent and people know more about sleep and how important it is. So I think the idea of like, I sleep when I'm dead, it's also like when you said about entrepreneurs and people just starting out work, there's such an idea that, I mean, I stayed up all night working on this project or I worked, I stayed here all night working. So, and it's kind of like they want a prize. They think they did such a great job by pulling an all nighter. But the truth is we are so much less productive when we don't sleep. We make poor decisions. Um, we're less creative. So workplaces really should be advocating for people to get more sleep, not this mentality of like work, 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 and no sleep. And that's why a lot of businesses are starting to have um, nap pods and uh, mandatory breaks and things like that because it's so important. So entrepreneurs listening, honestly, take care of yourself. And part of that self-care is getting the rest that you need so that you can remain creative remain strong, remain fast, remain you know, reactive, be able to kind of deal with all the crisis and chaos that you're going through. It's so important. So um, that's the foundation to success, really taking care of yourself. And from there, you have the strength to kind of keep enduring through all the creativity and all the planning that you're doing. So don't forget yourself in the process. I think that's the message that Julia is communicating. So I'm also echoing it too. So I know we talk a lot about sleep, you know, being related to so much different things, but I know this is a mental health platform. So I want us to really just kind of iron it out. Um, sleeping and mental health are heavily related just because of all the things you've named in terms of how, you know, um, anxiety, um, you know, it, there's so many things that affects, you know, that can affect your sleep and the importance of sleep, you know, which are related to mental health, but sleeping itself, itself how would you connect it to mental health and how do you, um, how, what would be some of your recommendations for somebody who's trying to improve their overall mental health by starting from a place of resting and sleep? And how would you kind of, um, I guess, explain that? Mm -hmm. So when I'm working with um, clients, I am often focusing on the root cause of why they're having sleep issues. And a lot of that is mental health issues. Um, so really getting to the root of why they're having sleep issues. Um, I think also, the notion of we put so much um, effort 
into our mental health and self-care. But it's so important not to leave sleep out of the process because it really is this vicious cycle that snowballs. If you're having trouble with overall with your mental health and with your sleep, I think it's important to really work at both of them at the same time. I often see clients who maybe have a therapist they've been seeing for anxiety or depression or intrusive thoughts, and then we do the sleep work separately. And I think it's really important to um, work on both of those as equal parts because they do really affect each other. And it's impossible to talk about mental health and leave sleep out of the equation. You know, what so I, I love think they really align so well and they both improve each other. So as we work on our mental health, our sleep hopefully should improve. And as we work on our sleep, our mental health will improve. And you know what? Once you get those two things in check, you find that other areas of your life will continue to also improve. Uh, I really love this conversation we're having because I think for a lot of us, you know, this negative information that sometimes we put out there when we're being, you know, um, involved in this culture of just grinding, grinding, grinding. And a lot of times that's amazing because you want to continue to improve yourself, right? But by, if you, but make sure that you're not neglecting anything, right? Sometimes, you know, as you said, sleep is when we get our healing, when we get our, you know, some of that uh, foundational things that help us even kind of think clearly and, you know, not, you know, that we're not even moody. So even if you think about it, when you're moody, you affect your relationships, you know, and you have to be sharp, you know, not just for yourself, but also for the people around you, right? So you could think, you could see a person who's actually sleep deprived because, you know, sometimes you go on the road and you're even a danger to other people when you're not getting enough rest. So I think um, this topic was very fitting and we're super excited to have you in. So what is something that you like to say to anybody who's listening right now about sleep? You know, I want to give you kind of, your final words. I know everybody has their own little things that they say. So what do you say to even your kids? I think the most important thing for people to know is that sleep is something that, yes, it can feel really big. And when we have insomnia or when we are really struggling and we're up every single night, it really takes over and it's overwhelming. But I think what's really important to know is that sleep work in general is quite short term for most people. Of course, I'm not talking about bigger sleep disorders, but sleep work can just be a few tweaks here and there that can make a huge difference in your life. So I really invite people to get support if they're having trouble sleeping. Don't just say, well, I'm a bad sleeper. I've always taken an hour to fall asleep or I always wake up and I'm up for a couple hours in the night. It really is worthwhile to get some support around that and try and make some changes. And I think it's so important to meet people where they're at. It's not like um, there are so many black and white rules when, it's come to, when it comes to sleep, when you should be off your phone and, and what you should be doing before bed. But I think that... Um, when I work with clients, I'm coming from a place of meeting people where they're at, knowing, figuring out what works for them, what they are able to change, what they're, they're not willing to change right now. And there's always some compromise that we can come up with and some negotiation to try and make some improvements. So I, I would really hope that people um, look for support. And, and put an emphasis on their sleep because like we said, it makes a huge, huge impact on everything, every other area in our life. So as Julia is saying for everybody listening, you know, whether you're a new parent or you're a new student or you're just an individual hustling, you got a new job, you're doing overnight shifts, you're doing day shifts and your sleep is being affected. A lot of times um, this is and can be a short-term 
um, even intervention or something that sometimes just needs to be tweaked, you know? So really do reach out for help. Do also go online, look out resources that to kind of help you restructure yourself, reposition your, your day, um, replan and even get your bedtime routine in place. And I know Julia has a wealth of resources also on her platform. And also if you contact her, she'll be able to kind of help you and kind of help you and kind of develop in a, a tailored program to definitely support yourself and your family. So um, how does somebody contact you? So you can contact me um, on Instagram at Glow Sleep Services. And my website is um, glowsleep.ca. And I also work at a clinic um, seeing adults and teens at Straight Up Health. Okay, you know what? We're super excited to have Julie on our show today. And um, each and every Monday, we have somebody talking to us about something special, talking about mental health, as always. Um, next week, we have our special guest, who's Naila Gordon Decisio, who will be talking to us about family law and mental health. Um, it's going to be a very interesting topic just to kind of give um, more information to individuals and families who are who might be in the midst of a divorce or separation or just really looking for more resources about next steps and what that whole process looks like and how, and how to support your family as you go through different transitions. So we're super excited to have you here with us again, Julia, and hopefully in the future we could kind of do another show talking about more resources, how to optimize your sleep, how to create long-term sleep benefits um, and I'm super, yes. super, super excited that you were able to kind of give us some time today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Please. Thank you. All right. <laughs> Take care.